What did we just watch, Kevin? We just watched For Your Consideration, a 2006 comedy directed by Christopher Guest. I like that you had to just look that up. I don't know why I had to look it up. Like, I know who this is. Words, words, words. (laughs) Christopher Guest, uh, director of mockumentaries such as Waiting for Guffman, Best in Show, A Mighty Wind, One Third of the Members of Spinal Tap. Uh, the sixth fin- six fingered man from Princess Bride, which oh, he played. He played. Six six, he had yeah. no creative control on that one. Um, uh, yeah, you know Christopher Guest. He does mockumentaries. He is or was married to Jamie Lee Curtis. I don't know if they're still together, but I did not know that. That's interesting. Uh, off the top of my head, I could be wrong there. I. I'm sure that... Leave a comment below. Um, So this is our first impressions, unedited, unresearched. Although Kevin has seen this film before, it was the first time for me to see it. First time in a while for Amy. No, for you. First time ever for for Amy. (laughs) But you've seen his other work. You're familiar with the style of film. Yes, yes. Oh, this isn't a mockumentary. This is one of his few non-mockumentary products. It isn't, um, but I was thinking because the premise, I'm not sure what you call it instead of a mockumentary. I was thinking about scripted, but a lot of the mockumentaries have some script to them. I think yeah. a lot of it's improv, but... Yeah. Well, and this, is, I'm not this was a lot that, of improv Yeah, so I don't know what well. to call it besides it's a regular movie. <laughs> So there's there's a word for it um, that was briefly in fashion when this movie came out, um, and it's called retroscripting, um, and that's where you create an outline for scenes and structure, mm-hmm. but you allow the cast to improvise the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, there was again about mid two thousands. There was a. A bunch of this sort of popped up. Curb Your Enthusiasm does this as well. Um, Think of all the Judd Apatow. All, a lot of the Judd Apatow stuff is more tightly scripted, but he lets people throw in jokes okay. and improvise. Uh, Judd Apatow's yeah. Apatow is 40-year-old virgin, knocked up. Yeah. This is 40. This is 40. Yeah. He put out. He's, he's gone into producer land, yeah. which is fine. He doesn't, yeah. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, so, yeah, a lot of that sort of stuff. Yeah, Judd Apatow is a little bit more scripted, but with lots of room for improvisation. Whereas Christopher Guest and his stable of actors are very much focused in in stricter improvisation. Like, here's the setup, here's the scene. Okay, so for your consideration yeah. is a retro script. Retroscripted film Retro-scripted is, is how film. I would describe that. Not a mockumentary. However, because the subject matter of the film is behind the scenes of this making of this movie, it it doesn't it lives closely to oh, yeah. a mockumentary. It's real close to that. Like they they literally come up with reasons to do talking head interviews with the various cast members, mm-hmm. like you get in the guest mockumentaries. Um, it's like, oh, we've we've brought in this reporter who's going to ask you questions, so we can have that that moment. <laughs> Um, which was, was, I think, really pioneered in This Is Spinal Tap, when you have these long, rambling conversations between the band, and they're they're just making up the entire history of the band as they go, and mm-hmm. it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, so yes, there was, there was, it felt like a Christopher Guest film 
in that space. Well, and of course it has the ensemble of actors he frequently works oh, with. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everyone you recognize from all the other movies he's done. <laughs> um, I was the, it was very interesting to see Catherine O'Hara do a serious role until it was until it morphed into a parody yes <laughs> of the character's self but the first two thirds of the movie yeah, she's, she's, she's doing a kind serious of down to earth you know anxious but not ridiculous oh uh, yeah so the, the premise of, of the the movie is that it's the making behind the scenes mm-hmm. of a movie so in the 1940s just called home for now they've they've said it so in and out <laughs> wrong and right in the I film. I think it's that, Purim. And no, I think it's Purim. They Purim? said Purim. Purim. Okay. We should have looked this we up with the right because they. It's the one of the jokes in the movie is everyone. No one can say it. No one can say it. Um, so it's a Jewish family. Yes, a Southern Jewish family, Southern U.S. Southern U.S. in like the 1940s, yeah. and the whole family has to come together because mother is dying. Mm-hmm. Um, and Catherine O'Hara plays the mother, mm-hmm. and she is an actor who has one or two like really juicy roles in her career, mm-hmm. but who's someone who never got famous enough to really be recognized on yeah. the street or certainly be getting awards and so a large part of the film is about the buzz just as they're making it mm-hmm. that it might be kind of an oscar Beatty yeah film and some of them might get nominations award, award nod <laughs> and the kind of interpersonal relations as they figure that out yeah or unreact to it mm-hmm. it's the basic yeah well, it's interesting because I was thinking about this, and this feels like I can't I can't watch a Christopher Guest movie without being in context of all of his other mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I haven't seen Mascots, and I haven't seen the TV show he directed, so I I'm keeping those out of conversation. But the the big three of Best in Show, Waiting for Guffman, and A Mighty Wind all have a central event that is sort of the nexus of the the story. Oh, you're right. Parum. Parum. Says Google. Okay. Home for Parum? Parum. Which means in that song, they were yeah. definitely well, not. Um, so they all have this sort of central event of, you oh, know. Oh, wait. This, this one says it's Pur- Purim. Purim? Oh, shoot. Okay. Oh, no. And this one says it's... It it depends on which... Like, Hebrew Hebrew you're speaking. That seems reasonable. So in in Yiddish, it's one way. Mm Mm-hmm. In Hebrew, it's one way. Like, in Israel, it's one way. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh. So this is a good joke, is what I'm. Is what you're telling me is this is a good joke. This is just like this is the, the first results here on on Google. So it's a good joke because nobody can agree on how to pronounce it. Oh. Okay, I feel bad about that. I respect oh, that. Yeah. Let's see what Merriam-Webster. Yeah. <laughs> Merriam-Webster says it can be pronounced any of these ways. Yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, pure. Can't read the international phonetic anymore. Um, yeah. 
Purim. 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 Okay. Purim. Purim. Yeah, there we go. What was I, what was, I was making a point. I've. Uh, Central yeah. Nexus event. So the sesquicentennial um, celebration of Blaine, the Irving Steinblum <laughs> memorial concert. Uh, are you still listing Christopher Guest things? <laughs> Bless well, you. I'm listing the specific events that that are central to the narratives <laughs> of Christopher Guest films. Oh, okay. So in Waiting for Guffman... The central narrative event is the sesquicentennial anniversary celebration of Blaine and the play they are putting on as part of that. Is Blaine a town? Blaine is the town where okay. the, the thing is set. It's the stool capital of, of the world. Which is one of the jokes in the play. And in Best in Show, it's obviously the dog show is sort of the central event and who is going to win Best in Show. And in A Mighty Wind, it is the memorial concert for Irving Steinblum, um, who was a fictional producer of folk music. For Your Consideration doesn't have that central nexus to the same extent, which is interesting. Um, Because, yeah, it's about the making of this film. It's kind of about the nominations, but but everyone's sort of looking towards that. The actual moment of the nomination Mm -hmm. is, is very small. It is an instant, much like actual nomination ceremonies. It's like someone comes out, reads six names, and they go to the next six names. And then it's it's over. You either got the nomination or Or you you didn't. didn't. Um, So that that is an interesting thing structurally, um, which I I like to think the movie is commenting on to a certain extent. Oh, yeah. Yes, there's a huge commentary, I think, about Hollywood. Yeah. the, I mean, the name is for your consideration. Yes. <laughs> and they're not... So I thought that maybe the movie would be about them doing the, the circuits. Campaigning. The yeah. campaigning for a film. Because that's how you get Oscars is you, you have big parties and you talk to people and, and you're like, hey. expensive gifts for people. Vote for me. Yeah. Vote for this film. And Felicity is rubbing on the microphone right yeah. now, so. Um, yeah, so I, it is not really about that. And... I would argue the reason they didn't succeed is because they didn't really campaign all that much. They did a little yeah. bit of campaigning, but not enough to get a nomination. No, they were just kind of like writing back and, oh, there's buzz about yeah, this. We buzz. might get some nominations. That's Although, not how it works. Again, spoilers. Spoilers. It's, it's a 15-year-old film, so. <laughs> spoilers. Uh, the supporting actor, the son of the family yes, did get a nomination, get nom, even though does. everyone was talking about the father and the mother and the daughter yeah. getting it's a nominations. Good, it's a good bit. <laughs> in, the, in the film. So it is still no, an they, Oscar-nominated they film, but yeah. not, not for them. Um, apparently, according to IMDb, there was actually buzz about Catherine O'Hara getting nominated for this film, um, which did not happen, so perfect i i think one of the things i enjoyed most about Uh her character and her performance was the way that she like blatantly manipulated people yeah (laughs) and like she was manipulating them but she was also asking for exactly what she wanted yes (laughs) but not in a straightforward way like i it's hard to even put words around it was it was very good yeah, she's like, don't tell me, ask me, ask me. No, don't, don't ask me. Yeah, don't ask me. Don't tell me how I'm doing, but how am I doing? Yeah. But don't tell me how I'm doing. How am I doing? 
yeah a lot of a lot of that that neuroses um that i think she carried very well mm. and very believably because i think that's something that is generally true of this genre of Christopher Guest oeuvre is the believability of the characters is something that so much of the comedy rests on as opposed to, I think like some of the Judd Apatow stuff where these characters are always a little bit over the top, a little bit ridiculous. Um, Judd Apatow to a certain extent also like everything uh, Will Ferrell has done in the last 20 years well, and there's some distinctions. Like, we we go to Christopher Guest, and we yeah. see Eugene Levy, and we see Catherine O'Hara, and mm-hmm. we see uh, Parker, Parker Posey, Posey, and, you know, all these same. So we see them, and we know them, uh, but they're always playing kind of different characters. Yes. They're not disappearing into the role. Like, no. It's, yeah, you know it's Catherine O'Hara. <laughs> but you see Seth Rogen, and, and Seth Rogen is always playing Seth Rogen. Yes. Basically. Yeah. Um... I think that's a big part of it, yeah, is is their ability to act and play interesting characters um, to the extent that the Folksman and Spinal Tap are entirely different groups, despite being made up of the exact same people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I really appreciate that. And, and the fact that there is this sort of stable of actors that he works with um, who who get it? Who know what mm-hmm. they're doing and know how to how to fall into those roles? And I think when you have people who don't know that is when it sticks out really more. Mm-hmm. Like, I think um, the British guy Ricky Gervais did not fit well. He was playing more Ricky. Gervais. He was playing Ricky Gervais yeah. doing a part. Yeah, he was in it very briefly as as. A marketing studio, a studio guy. exec. Yeah, who they come in and say you need to tone down the Jewishness. Yeah. in the film, make it less Jewish. Make it less Jewish. Make it more for everybody. Yeah, uh, which is uh, why the movie eventually gets renamed Home for Thanksgiving. Yeah, just kind of. It's kind of like we watched a Thanksgiving movie. It is. Last. It's kind of like we watched a Thanksgiving movie um, accidentally. But going back to not playing, to playing characters, mm-hmm. I think even when Catherine O'Hara's character in the last third of the movie goes into this like uncanny valley of a real housewife of yeah. Beverly Hills. <laughs> like can't move her upper lip because of the work she's had done. And you can't like, she's always like smiling or grimacing because of that. Yeah. She's had a boob job <laughs> and it's just painful to watch her. Yes. But she's still very sincerely playing that. Yes, yeah, it's Her not character. it's not it's not strictly parody. It is, yeah. it is She does grounded. become a parody of herself, but she's still But grounded? But grounded. <laughs> yeah, grounded in character choices. And yeah. you understand why they did what they did. Same thing with uh uh you know Harry Shearer get, dying his hair and getting his teeth capped. And right, like right, who's the other lead in the yeah. he was the father in the movie. Mm-hmm. When they are have wrapped the movie and are expecting to get Oscar nominations. Yeah, they're preparing for the nominations by becoming, you know, more Hollywood. More Hollywood, younger looking. Yeah. Whatever that That means. means. I did appreciate, it's something I probably didn't notice as much um, in 2006 or 7 when I first watched this movie, how of 2006 it is. Mm. (laughs) Like the presence of cell phones, like early cell phones, 
um, the line about internet. That's the one with email, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is a good joke back then, but it also very like clearly puts this in a place, like talking mm-hmm. about Hollywood blogs rather than social media. Um, the sort of ever presence of the Access Hollywood esque. I love, and Catherine O'Hara gets like one of the PAs to print her out. Yeah, the stuff website. How, <laughs> this is amazing. I don't know how he does this. Like He's, he prints out the web pages on the printer <laughs> so I can read them. Yeah, that sort of stuff is very fun. Which I feel like still happens, though. Yes, that still happens. Absolutely. Um, I also uh, in Fred Willard and Jane Lynch oh, play the Access they were so Hollywood good. anchors. <laughs> oh yeah, they were so good. But it was almost Brechtian in that they were so dressed up to be younger. Like, it yes. was very clear that these are <laughs> middle-aged or older characters uh-huh. who are dressing younger. Just made it, all of a sudden, I was like, oh, that happens on Access Hollywood, too. <laughs> yes. Like, I'm not, yes, I'm not calling out anyone from age, yeah. but for, like, you have to you have to dress young. You have to right. act younger. I'm not saying act your age or dress yeah. your age, but like no, don't try to hide it. Yes, <laughs> to cover it. That's what's on a lot of those makeover shows? It's like we're okay. not hiding how old you are, but you can't yeah. dress like you're 15. Yeah, yeah, and it was because um, Fred Willard is was is obviously the older of the two, and yes. he has this like ridiculous like mohawk. <laughs> Duck-tail, duck yeah, cowlick thing that's like bleached at the top. Yeah. Oh, so good. And Jane Lynch has, I mean, like, uh, I just the blonde hair, the boobs. Yeah. Like, it was so different to see her. Yes. In, in like, a role like that. In a role like that. Um, well, she has blonde hair, but this is like, uh, like. It looked fake. It looked fake. It looked like a bad wig. Um, but on purpose. But but on purpose yeah. to be to be younger. Also speaking of that, I also appreciated that almost the entire cast was over forty. Yeah. In this <laughs> That's, film. Again, generally very true of the Christopher Guest work because he's got yeah, this stable. Same. And so it's the same people showing up over and over again. Yeah, and I think that's important as as I face another birthday <laughs> in a month. And um, so many of the shows that I've just started watching are in my rotation about high school students. Yeah. And I'm wondering at what age that gets creepy. Although, <laughs> I, think, I think I would make a really good producer for a teenage soap opera. I agree. Um, if anyone's hiring... <laughs> I would, and I really respect the, 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 it's the same, like, little round, it's like, group of producers who are making Oh, yeah. This. Oh, yeah. Um, and they're good. They're mm-hmm. good at what they do. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, I'm starting to notice that there aren't new shows about... People in their 40s. I think it's just less interest. Like, it's, it's much easier from a writing perspective Mm -hmm. with all of the drama that happens in high school and all of like the hopes and dreams and possibilities. Well, and high school also has really good big events. Like, Hey, it's the end of the year. Prom's coming up. Like the prom episode is, is a like perfect encapsulation of so much. 
Yeah. Um, even watching Sex Education, like a British show where they don't have a prom, like they made a prom and yeah. like made reference to the fact that like this some weird American, American thing. thing we're doing. Um, because it makes for good TV. It gives people right. the opportunities to have these big emotional moments and this high stakes. And you immediately have archetypes, like in sex education, you've got oh, yeah. the nerds, you've got <laughs> the, you know, the bad girl. Uh-huh. Um, the jocks, yeah. Yeah, the popular kids. Yeah. Um, so yes, it is it is archetypal for a reason. Yeah. And I think the best shows do a lot with that. I think the the worst ones just kind of fall into it backwards and hope for the best. <laughs> and I don't know, I'm not super familiar with Christopher Gastrol's, but mm-hmm. I don't feel like he's having the same archetypes in every film. Oh, no. Film. No. The, the closest, I think, is Jennifer Coolidge plays very similar roles. Right. We all, yeah, you know who Jennifer Coolidge and is And I love be. her for them. She's, she's, they're great, but they're always... That same sort of like, how do you breathe? Like very <laughs> um, unaware, rich, ditzy, ditzy, blonde, yeah, rich, heavily like lots of makeup, mm-hmm. hair, uh, over the top clothes. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know her, she was Stifler's mom yes, in American Yes, I think that's Pie. what everybody knows her for, which is a shame famous. because yeah, not... Yeah, she's done much, much better. Like, she wasn't bad as Stifler's mom, but as Stifler's mom, she was more of an object than anything else, whereas she mm-hmm. has some serious comedic chops. Yeah. Um, but other than that, yeah, there aren't a lot of, like, stock roles in a Christopher Guest film. Um, people are able to bring a lot to their performances and their characterizations. Um, which makes me sad that Fred Willard died in the last year or two. Cause um, like they're, they're all getting older and like they're, they made another one a couple years ago, mascots for Netflix, which mm-hmm. I want to watch eventually. Um, but there's definitely this sort of sense that like, I want, I want someone else to be able to do what Christopher guest does just mm-hmm. so he, it's not just him and his stable of actors. <laughs> Yeah. I want, you know, bring in some new blood. Make it a, an official company. I don't mm-hmm. know. <laughs> or we just, you know, need to see who the next Christopher Guest Yes, absolutely. And and ideally the next Christopher Guest will do something completely different. Yeah, I, I think the era of the mockumentary is probably coming to a close. Oh, yes. Yeah. If it's not closed already. I think, I think so. So what's the next kind of yeah. genre well, with, of with shows like The Office and Modern Family kind of... Ending. Ending... And also, I would argue, killing off the mockumentary. Because um, those were the two big shows that sort of were made it popular. Because before that, you had, like, Christopher Guest movies and the occasional, you know, other mockumentary. But those were the ones that made it, like, the go-to style for a bunch of sitcoms all at once. Yeah. Although, I do think what we do in the shadows is doing a new thing. Yes. I would agree with that. I think they're doing a very interesting thing Don't with know that. that show. It's The Office Meets Vampires. Yeah. <laughs> it's real good. And it's as weird as it sounds. Yeah. Um, but it is very funny. It's very funny. Um, so, yeah, I think that's really interesting. And I think it's interesting that, you know, he made something like For Your Consideration, which isn't a mockumentary... Almost it feels like to prove that he could, like mm-hmm. that this can work in other formats, and it's about the comedy and the acting and the people, um, which I think is good. 
But I also don't hear people talk about this one in the Mm-mm. same way that I hear them talk about the other ones, which mm-hmm. I think is a shame, because I think it's very funny. It is, yeah. Like, it stands abreast of his others. I'm trying to think of what... I think the only other thing I wrote down that I noticed, that I don't know if it was intentional or just an effect of filmmaking in 2006, mm-hmm. but I feel like the lighting was really harsh throughout the film and the makeup came off cross as harsh yeah i that's interesting i think some of that i think has to have been intentional because you have christopher guest playing the director and also being the director right and there's that moment where he's He's telling the cinematographer all the light turn them all up 100 like no it's gonna look terrible (laughs) and i think a lot of the times when we see people doing them in when when the makeup was obvious to me it was obviously it felt like it was obvious it was film makeup being filmed in a more realistic way okay that's an interesting way to look at it meaning that like oh Catherine O'Hara has come off set and she's got the super heavy film makeup but we're not filming it like film so it doesn't so it looks weird because it does look weird. Well, the other things are in the last 15 years the makeup products have changed dramatically. Also true. Um in terms of color matching and the way that it texturizes it like smooths out your skin mm-hmm. which went concurrently with those switch to HD. Yeah. TV this this film is not HDI <laughs> you know, it looks like it was filmed on film. Yeah. Um, I wonder if it was. I would, I would have guessed he was using digital by 2006, but I don't know. Just because they shoot know. so much and film's expensive. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And I doubt he has he, yeah. working from a big budget. No. Um, Although usually from this era, the early 2000s, you can usually spot digital pretty easily because they haven't made it look like film mm-hmm. or how we think film's supposed to look. Um, you know, there's a there's a freaking gangster movie with um, Dumbledore's gay friend. I know that's a that's a bad reference. Uh, I didn't watch the extraordinary monsters movie. I didn't either. Um, the bad guy, Johnny, Johnny Depp. Depp. Thank you. <laughs> in real life and in film, yeah, the bad guy. Um, Johnny Depp was in a gangster movie that was shot on digital and it looks so weird because it's period, but it has that quote unquote digital look of sort of hyper realism mm. that our brains treat as unreal because we're not used to watching it. Mm. Um, and it really throws me off. Or you look at, um, Bamboozled, the fantastic film by... Oh, I haven't seen that. Spike I, Lee. Since I was like 16 or 17, so it, I didn't notice. It, well, so it's, it's cleverly done. Everything is shot digital and looks raw. Yeah. Except when they're performing and you see mm-hmm. the show, which is shot on film. And so, like, there is a very intentional, like, aesthetic thing happening there, which I think is fascinating and, and one of the many amazing things about that film. But, yes, um, this didn't look like it was shot on digital, but that doesn't mean it wasn't. No, because you can do those effects. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all the comments I have about the film. Do you have any more? Uh, do I have any more? I I really liked watching it. I was glad it's been 
many years since I watched it last time, so it was fun to see again. I have some trivia questions. Yeah, whenever, we're going to get to those. Whenever you are, um, have hit all of your notes. Did I take? I took notes. Where did they go? I'm looking, I think, at the wrong Saturday. There we go. Oh, um, I was making this point, like, it's a sort of a film where nothing happens, which I think is funny when you have the two critics on Love It or Hate It talking about paper badges with John Krasinski, which is all about police paperwork. <laughs> and they're like, I really like a film where nothing happens. That's unusual. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't catch that. <laughs> I, I did catch that, and I thought it was clever. Because, again, like, this is a film that is talking about itself in a lot of ways. I think some intentional, some not, but I think it works really well. Um, the the 1940s movie they were shooting was hilarious. Yeah, it was it was a pitch perfect parody of a Oscar bait awards movies. Well, but it was hitting like it was hitting the acting style and hitting the beats mm-hmm. of a film from that like the 1940s <laughs> 1950s era. And then as you're watching it. They're playing this cheesy music, and I, they're not playing it. I think while they're filming, it's like no, yeah, it's extra diegetic. Is that what it? Or I think is it that's diegetic? What, diegetic's when it's happening live. Okay, then it's extra diegetic. diegetic. It's, yeah, they, they go in afterwards and, and add that in. in. Yeah, and it's just this cheesy like soap opera. Oh yeah. Uh, so many folks in this. Sandra O oh shows up for like half a scene. Yeah. <laughs> um. The monkey puppet with the weather person. Oh. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that felt bizarre. so very, like, local news to me. Like, how do we make our weather person stand out? I know, we'll give her a monkey puppet. And she'll be a ventriloquist with it. Yeah. And make so bad jokes. So weird. So weird. It's very weird. Um, that's mostly, I think, what I got. Ooh, I really think this up. Um... Grounded, Sandra O. Oh. Uh, that again, talking about like great comic bits when uh, they were talking about the posters, pulling oh. up the different movie posters. Yeah, like this makes me think like somebody baked the family into a pie, and I want to know why. <laughs> Jennifer Coolidge is very funny. She's very good at things. I mean, it's an interesting commentary too, and just. Um... They're thinking about the reviews and the Oscar nominations before, before the, the film is finished. finished. <laughs> and that's shaping some of the decisions oh, that yeah. they're making. Oh, yeah, so many of the decisions they're making. And, and that's just, to me, it's very antithetical to, to good art making. Yeah. Um, but but I'm, awards I'm sure aren't about good art. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it's just how it goes um, in in Hollywood. All right. We're doing trivia time? Yeah. I, it's just two quick trivia questions. Okay. Two t- quick trivia questions. Uh, there were some uh, actors in very small roles. Okay. Yeah. Sandra so, Oh was one of them. Because I, I said, hey, oh. is that Sandra Oh? And you said yes. Yeah. Good. I was, I was right on that one. Good job. Uh, this person just showed up in the background scenes and with the crews. They were a boom operator. Oh. Can I get the actor's name? Yeah. Her is, name... The, is the game like, where is this person from? Yeah. Okay. News. Her name is Stephanie Courtney. Nope, that doesn't help at all. <laughs> it does it, does it. <laughs> You'll know exactly who it is, though, when I tell you. Yeah, who is it? The progressive lady. 
the percussive lady? The percussive. Oh, the progressive lady? Flo. <laughs> That's fantastic. Good for Flo. <laughs> and I checked her IMDb, IMDb page. She has been in a lot of stuff. I so she's that. definitely a working actor beyond yeah. the progressive commercials. But getting those progressive commercials is one of those like great jobs for a working actor. Yes. You know, she's making bank. Good for her. Okay. Okay. Here's your last and final. My last and final. Final trivia question. Okay, who did they play? Oh, oh wait. Oh, wait, there's more. Uh, I'll give you a third one, maybe. <laughs> uh, in the L.A. morning show they went to. Yes. The woman anchor. Did you notice who she was? Not the woman with the puppet. No, the, the anchor. the woman anchor. The blonde was anchor in... opposite the old guy, which is what every morning show has. She was not blonde. Well, that's not good. <laughs> For my chances of getting this. Actress name? Sarah Shahi. Okay, I, that sounds familiar. I don't know how you think you're going to get it from the name. Because <laughs> you're also some names. You're not good at the name game either. Uh, no, who is, who is she? She was on Person of Interest. I can't remember her name. But she was the second spy who oh. shows up after Taraji P. Henson leaves. Dies. Spoilers for person of interest, I guess. Well, there's a certain (laughs) certain threshold of. uh, Let me see if I can look up her name. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, but no, she looks so familiar. I I recognize her when I pulled her up. Yeah, but and then in the in the um, Samin Shaw. Yeah, called her Shaw. Um. I re- when I saw the credits, yeah. blah, 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 I was like, okay, I know who that yeah. is. Um, okay. Okay. You might know this. For context, we've watched every episode of Person of Interest. Yes. It's a very good show. So I should recognize some of these people. <laughs> well, there's only one person in Person of Interest. Yeah. Um, wait, let me see. If but I you're pulling recognizable actors that I should know, but um, I'm bad at this game. All right. The Pilgrim Woman. She was so familiar. I have no idea who she was. She was. This was in another film that was nominated for the Oscar that we saw a clip yes, of. Yes, which is the Pilgrim's Landing at Plymouth. I recognized that I recognized her right, when the a, movie was going. What was her name? What was her name? Mary McCormick. Is that Law and Order? Uh, is she on a Law and Order? Oh, I don't know if she's on... Oh, stop it. If she was in Law and Order, that's... I mean, I mean Law and Order, everybody's, everybody's been, been in Law, Law and Order. order. <laughs> but she wasn't like a lead in Law and Order. No. Stop it. Yeah, IMDb, I hate your website. I use the app. I know. I that's feel what bad they, about it. But they want, they want to you use, to use the app, yes. So they make it bad for mobile. Yeah. Don't look at IMDb. <laughs> that is cheating, buddy. Mary McCormick. Maybe not in Law and Order. It was a, like a police procedural. Oh, she was on Law and Order. Who did she play on Law and Order? Let's see. It looks like one year, so that could have been a... I don't think she was a regular cast member. Okay. She just showed up once, like everybody else in Law and Order. Just showed all okay, then I don't know. Who, who is Mary McCormick? Let's just see... Oh, let me pull all 
of she's on Angie Tribeca for three episodes. Oh, she's been a guest guest actor on a lot of one episode for Law and Order Criminal Intent. Okay. So, um, all right. She's on a little USA show called In Plain Sight. Oh yeah, she was the U.S. Marshal with the uh, Witnessek Witsec program. Yep. Yeah, I I watched a lot of that show. It was fun. It's one of those good USA Blue Sky shows. Yep. Which are really nice right now during the pandemic. Oh yeah, they're great during the pandemic. Because <laughs> you can just put them on and zone out. Yeah. And come in and out, whatever season, whatever yeah. episode. Uh, yeah, Mary McCormick. I know. Um, I know who that is. Yeah. And that was trivia time. That was trivia time. Or see if Kevin. Just Kevin. Now, to be fair. Uh huh. To be fair. I did recognize Flo and Shaw. Yeah. During the film, but I only saw Mary McCormick when I looked them okay. up on IMDb. I didn't recognize her. I recognized her in the movie. I was yeah. like, "That's a that's a person I should recognize," but I didn't point out who it was because I didn't know. Uh, yeah, cool. Well, that was fun. We should do trivia more. <laughs> It helps that uh, Christopher Guest movies have this huge, deep, stable cast of people. And that even, like, big names will come in and do, well, big names. They're mostly character actors. Big name character actors come in and do a couple of lines. Yeah, do a bit. And that's... Yeah. Although with the mockumentary format, because he shoots so much, like, there's always, I always wonder, like, who showed up on set one day, did a bit, and then just got completely cut? Yeah. (laughs) Here. We need some of the behind the, the scenes. Yeah. Uh, One of my favorite things on Waiting for Guffman, which I don't own on DVD, which is ridiculous to me. Um, I feel like I had it and then lost it. That's the only explanation. But one of the special features is you can watch the entire musical because they filmed it. Oh. They filmed the entire like 45 minute long stage musical that the movie is about the making of well i haven't seen waiting for government since high school so i really have no memory that's fair. of it it's so it will it's be very good new to me yeah. whenever we watch, watch it, it again. again all right i don't think i've got anything else all right let's talk about our patreon oh yeah our patreon we're having a black friday sale for our podcast we are yeah we're gonna give away the podcast for free to absolutely everyone <laughs> On Black Friday, and that sale is going to extend uh, forever. That's that's forever. how we do it. We give this podcast away because we just love making podcasts, and that's how podcasts work. But if you want to be someone who wants to give us money, you can. You can give us a buck an episode, or two bucks an episode, or a ridiculous $15 an episode. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you would do that. But you can. I appreciate anybody who gives us money, and if you do give us $15 an episode, uh, that's amazing. Thank you. Um, you get secret behind-the-scenes audio of what happens after I turn the microphone on before we start the show. And afterwards. <laughs> and afterwards. Secret, secret audio. You get double unedited episodes. We don't edit anything anyway, but uh, we do like start and end the show and record before and after that. So you get that. Mm-hmm. You get the list of movies we did not watch. If we ever pick a movie, we usually do it from a list of four or five films. Mm-hmm. And you can see what those are. Um, and often they show up again, and sometimes episodes will uh, pop up in the future. So you can get ahead of our watching in advance if you want to watch a movie before we talk about it. Yes. And what is, how can they find us? They can go to patreon.com slash five degrees, because that's 
our website for our Patreon. All right. Uh, we also are do have a URL set up that uh, is five de- degrees between dot us, which is just takes us to the podcast homepage. Uh, maybe I should set it up to go to the Patreon. I'll just put a Patreon button on the podcast website. I don't know. I think podcast websites are a little bit ridiculous because just put the RSS feed in your reader. Like that's all you need. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do. We have a well, podcast then page. I could put in background information and. All the things we want to share with the strangers on the internet. <laughs> That's what Twitter's Us. for. Well, I don't have a public. I know. I, I have a private Twitter account that I have not touched in 10 or 11 years. Yeah. So. so, perfect. Yeah. Anything else I'm supposed to say about the podcast? Uh, I don't think so. We do have a podcast. She's sitting right by yes, the uh, microphone. Subscribe to my podcast. And, yeah. Well, then I should say, say goodnight, Kevin. Goodnight, Kevin.